Thanks, everybody. David, are you here? I am. Good morning, Wildwood. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, shall we jump in? I think we should jump right in. Sounds good. I am so excited for this. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I, I hope you're excited to chat about the wilderness. Uh, I'm so excited that I found my grandpa's fishing vest. Uh, it even has this fun little like ball compass thing uh, on it. That's, that's kind of cool. So, good morning. Uh, don't you just love the wilderness? Uh, I know that I'm, I'm so excited for my next trip to Cypress Hills and hopefully get up to Wasco Sioux next summer. You know, like pine trees, sparkling lakes, uh, and other important modern amenities. Uh, it needs to have electricity, hot water, and a good selection of restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be laughing a lot this morning together, Ben. Uh, so often when I think of wilderness, like I think like, let's grab the fishing vest, let's leave the city, uh, and let's head off to relax in a resort town. Uh, but the, in the ancient world, uh, the concept of a journey into wilderness uh, wasn't one of amenities, uh, it was one of absence. Uh, my headphones will be falling out all morning, so let's get ready for this. Uh, the ancient world, the, the journey into the wilderness was not one of amenities, but of absence. Uh, and the wilderness, in this sense, is something that leaves us alone uh, to face ourselves and to face our creator. Uh, as was so beautifully said before, uh, this, this past season has been uh, a season of wilderness brought on by COVID-19. Uh, how we gather as a spiritual community has changed. Uh, how we practice self-care has changed. Uh, and just about everything else in some way or another has changed. And, and in this time, we've, we find ourselves unwillingly deposited into the wilderness. And it's not a resort town. It's a place of absence and change. Uh, but as we gather this morning, let's remember the hope we have that seasons of struggle call forth growth uh, and let's lean into the season together. From the, the laments of the psalmists uh, to the grumbling of the Israelites in Numbers 21 saying, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. In, in texts like these, we see that the pages of scripture uh, do not shy away from experiences of wilderness. Uh, and more than any in recent memory, this past year has led us into a spiritual wilderness uh, as together we have experienced absence and isolation, sickness, change, grief, anxiety, weariness, so many experiences of wilderness in this past year. But, but the scriptures offer us the comfort of good company, letting us see that our struggle is echoed across the experiences of those who've walked before us. And we see that in the stories of scripture, God did not leave his people to walk alone. Rather, he dwelt in their midst. Deep in our wilderness, where our desperation is exposed, we can hear God calling us to deep healing. And Jesus reminds us of God's love, that in our desperation, God came among us to bring healing and life. Over to you, Ben. Oh, yes. Well, I really appreciate your, uh, your enthusiasm for the wilderness, David. <laughs> and if you know me well, which you do, and and like others in this congregation know that we share a similar view on the wilderness, especially when it comes to amenities like electricity and hot water. That's, uh, that's with it, uh, I don't doubt. So thank you for that. That's true. I remember as a youth, when we went to Wildwood, 
uh, camping trips uh, as a as a teenager, and I could maybe consider this my first foray into the wilderness per se. Uh, and maybe Teresa could correct me if I'm wrong, but I distinctly remember referring to the Hawwood Inn at Waskasu as a born family camping trip. <laughs> And that was roughing it for me, you know, getting out somewhere where there was mosquitoes uh, and a kind of a resort hotel. That was, that was really difficult for me. <laughs> but as I've grown older, I've begun to understand and even appreciate what the wilderness means. And I've begun to learn more about physical, emotional, and spiritual wilderness. And this, um, kind of like a story. This last August, a few of us young adults went camping and the group was staying in a group camping site. And I booked my own site a few kilometers away where they had electricity. Uh, <laughs> I needed to inflate my mattress and I actually wasn't the only one who actually needed to inflate their mattress in the end. So they came to my electrified site. So I did everybody a favor or at least a couple people a favor. Uh, so a few of us went camping and uh, I was at my electrified site a few kilometers away. And to make things more interesting for me, I decided that I would bike between the two camping sites to get some physical activity in. So this is a provincial park and it's a relatively safe environment, but something feels a little wild uh, biking between two camping sites at night in the dark on like a dirt trail, right? So when I would bike from one site to the other, on a, a little dirt trail, and I'm talking like a little dirt trail, and I, don't, I didn't take the roads, I thought I would take the quickest and shortest route, but it led me into the wilderness and I was only guided by my flashlight. And I will admit, uh, I was a little bit anxious. So I had soft music playing in my in one headphone because it was, it was a little spooky, right? It was a little bit spooky because biking at night in that little path, it felt very different than it did when we were biking during the day. Because in the daytime, it feels familiar, right? So, there's a bit of uncertainty about what's waiting for you in the bush is ultimately <laughs> how I felt. And I don't know, I thought maybe there I'd be like attacked by a cougar and maybe that's my Enneagram six, always worried about those kinds of realities. That's always a possibility, right? But upon further reflection, emotional and spiritual wilderness, the wilderness of our life, it draws out similar feelings, right? When we're in the wilderness of life, we feel vulnerable. And we're, when we're in the wilderness of our life, we feel afraid. And when we're in the wilderness of our life, we feel like we're on our own dirt trail. And I want to tell you about some of the other dirt trails that I've been on this past year. I told you about one already in my sharing. But maybe you know or you've heard about my grandma's health decline this past year, which led to her passing this past February. And this journey's end came too soon for myself and our family. And as I've sat back in reflection this past year, it's become quite clear to me how grief is both a personal wilderness and a collective wilderness. As we walked with my grandma, uh, one common phrase that often came up in, in our discussions as a family is, I don't know where this is going. Every change in health, every up and every down, I don't know where this is going. And isn't that what the wilderness is right there? I don't know where this is going. Circumstances beyond our control, being pushed to our limits, uncertainty. Added to this is our collective wilderness, as we said, about the COVID-19 pandemic, which has robbed all of us of our usual support systems and ways to connect. These are literally wild times. 
So as we enter into the Feast of Communion and remembrance of the meal where Jesus was facing his own wilderness when he said, one of you will betray me, I invite you to consider your wilderness and your vulnerability. Joe, take it away. Thanks, David and Ben. Throughout this season of Lent, we are practicing the ritual of communion at the center of our services. So if you have some bread and juice or whatever it is that you have at hand, um, now's the time to get those ready. And if you don't have any, any, uh, anything that will serve as communion elements, please, please do follow along, join, in us, join with us in your imagination or in whatever way you are able. As Ben and David have invited us to consider this week in the deep wilderness um, wilderness is this place where we do feel confused. We may find ourselves exposed and vulnerable, um, wounded even, in need of deep healing. If this is where you find yourself today, whatever that looks like for you, you have come to the right place. Pray with me the prayer of confession and assurance. We have heard that you are present in the wilderness. Mysterious, gentle God, this gives us hope for we find ourselves in need of your healing touch. From the depths of our hearts, we confess our fragility, our impatience, our division, our pain. We long for wholeness. In the wilderness, it is hard to see, hard to know, hard to feel your presence. And yet, we are here. Some instinct, some external path, some internal spark has drawn us to this place of communion. Hear our call and answer us from the depths of your unfailing love. Family of God, on the night before Jesus was crucified, he shared a meal together with his friends. During that meal, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he blessed it and broke it and shared it among them. Creator God, you made us whole, blessed, good, and loved. No matter how broken we feel, no matter what wounds we carry, nothing can separate us from the love and goodness and life from which we were born. In our hunger, in our need, nourish us, regenerate us, give us what we need to grow. Amen. This bread, Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat and remember. That same night, Jesus also took a cup of wine. 
And when he had given thanks again, he shared it with his friends. Wounded Christ, you embody the contradiction between suffering and salvation, between the hurt and the healing. You poured out your life. You accepted the violence of the cross. And in that you found wholeness. You brought healing to the world. This is what we need. Fill us, restore us with your spirit. Amen. This cup, Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. Drink in remembrance of me. Amen. David and Ben, we look forward to the rest of your sermon. Thanks, Joe. So we know the wilderness can be a place of great fear and uncertainty. I don't know where this is going. But there is hope. There is light. And that's the reminder today. David mentioned the scripture from Numbers earlier. And in response to the Israelites' complaints, the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. And the Lord responded by telling Moses to take a poison serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. What I often find beautiful about scripture is how it often is mirrored and fulfilled in the life of Jesus. So Old Testament, New Testament, right? So in John, we have a direct reference to numbers. And just as Moses lifted up serpents in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order for that world might be saved through him. The Greek verb hupsao means lift up and exalt. This uh, wordplay communicates that Jesus' lifting up on the cross is the moment of his exaltation. And so in the same fashion as the Israelites in the desert and the wilderness, Jesus is lifted up for us to look at and live. And that's for us to remember. So where and when have you turned your eyes towards Jesus recently? For me, it was in the last few days of my grandma's life. When they called and said I had permission to come into the care home, I grabbed my Voices Together songbook, a Bible, and my Bluetooth speaker. And when I got there, I cracked open the songbook and I started reading texts from the songbooks. I played church music on the Bluetooth speaker, and I could see my grandma's eyes looking around with excitement. She longed to hear those hymns, and so did I. And this was us turning our eyes towards Jesus. This was healing. Maybe not in the way I ever expected or wanted, but it was healing. So as we ponder the wilderness of our lives, 
As we ponder the wilderness of the season of Lent, how are you turning your eyes towards Jesus and seeking healing? David. Thanks, Ben. Uh, this pandemic we found ourselves in has, has been a season of collective grief, of isolation, of wilderness, uh, in a world of shifting restrictions, limited contact, and digital everything. How do we show up for one another? How can we be present to one another? How can we be Christ to one another? How do we do that when we don't even know what to do with ourselves? Uh, David Kessler, uh, the author of Finding Meaning, the sixth uh, stage of grief, writes, uh, each person's grief is unique as their fingerprint. But what everyone has in common is that no matter how they grieve, they share a need for their grief to be witnessed. That doesn't mean needing someone to try to lessen it or reframe it for them. The need is for someone to be fully present to the magnitude of their loss without trying to pull out, without trying to point out the silver lining. Uh, so today I'll leave you with a strategy, uh, one I've shared before, I think actually in my last sermon on the wilderness. Uh, and it's a piece of wisdom I've picked up on how to walk with one another through the wilderness. Uh, that's when you see someone in pain, when someone in your community is in wilderness, when someone is in suffering, to give them choices in the moment. Uh, the first one is to offer to stay with them and to talk about it. Uh, for some people, the best thing we can do for them is to stay and to talk and to share our thoughts and to hear them and to empathize that way. Uh, the next strategy is to offer to stay with them, to be with them, and just to listen. Uh, for some of us in our grief, what we need is someone to hear us, not to tell us meaning, not to empathize, not to make connections and uh, expand on it, explain it, uh, but just to listen, to be heard. Uh, the third choice in this strategy is to offer to stay with someone in silence. Uh, I think of the silence as sometimes, sometimes we need to sit with, sit with our, our community, sit with our friends, sit with our family, and just be silent with them, be present in their suffering, let them be not alone, but also be okay with that, that maybe in silence, we're doing the best we can. I think other times though, silence takes the form of uh, something that has nothing to do with the suffering. Like maybe silence is chatting about the weather and baking uh, or going for a walk and talking about nothing, but talking nonetheless. So silence can be, can be there can be multiple expressions of sitting with someone in silence uh, through a wilderness season. Uh, and the last strategy is to offer to leave them alone. Uh, maybe they have some of the support they need. Maybe they just need to be alone. Uh, and check back tomorrow. Uh, that's, that's the thing about community and about journeying and about healing uh, is that it's often not so much a process, but a cycle. And that checking back tomorrow piece, that maybe there's nothing I can do for you today, but tomorrow I can show up for you in a different way. Or tomorrow just me checking in will convey that you're not alone. So that's the strategy that I wanted to leave you with. When someone's experiencing wilderness, uh, we can extend that invitation of community, but we can let them choose the terms. Uh, our friend once told me that the, the journey into wilderness is what refines us and it transforms us. Uh, and these experiences of wilderness and COVID, uh, these are things that pull us away from our comfort zone, uh, experiences that unsettle our certainties. And as we walk through the wilderness, we add complexity and nuance to our identities and our beliefs. So as we wade into the murky waters of wilderness, 
Uh, let's do our best to remember the promise we celebrated a few months ago in baptism of God calling us into life. But if that's a hard hope to cling to today, I'll leave you with the words of Anne Lamont. The opposite of faith is not doubt, it is certainty. Peace be with you today.